Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Friday, December 15th. Coming up, small towns in western Kansas are using artificial intelligence to find out what businesses and resources their communities need. I think AI levels the playing field for western Kansas and and rural America across the board, especially in economic development. We'll hear about the benefits and challenges of using AI in rural areas. Plus, before becoming the Kansas City Chiefs general manager for three years, Scott Pioli helped build a dynasty with the New England Patriots. He knows the tough decisions required to maintain an emerging one at Arrowhead. There's this confluence of players wanting to cash in one more time or for the first time they're leaving and going. As the Chiefs strive for back-to-back championships, we'll hear about the big money deals that could make or break their chances and the little details they have to change to pull it off. But first, some headlines. The University of Kansas Health System may bring back mask requirements as serious cases of COVID-19 are up nearly 50 percent at the hospital. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports. Most of the Kansas City metro remains at low levels of COVID-related hospital admissions, according to the CDC. But KU Health System leaders say that may not adequately reflect the community's spread. With hospitalizations up and more cases in the ICU, Chief Medical Officer Stephen Stites says they will update masking policies as needed. We have not made a decision to mask for all units at this time. Stite says clinical personnel in the rehab unit and transplant unit are already choosing to mask. Kansas Democratic Governor Laura Kelly announced legislation aimed at expanding Medicaid at no additional cost to taxpayers yesterday. Beck Shackelford Wanganga of the Kansas News Service has more. After Kelly's push for Medicaid expansion failed in the past, she's taking a different approach with a plan she hopes Republicans would accept. A release from the governor's office says the legislation would be revenue neutral, providing Medicaid health care coverage to 150,000 Kansans. The release says the federal government pays 90 percent of expenses to expand Medicaid, while states pay 10 percent. The state's portion would be paid by drug rebates, a hospital fee, and other federal funding. Labor unions are seeking to force Starbucks to reopen locations that they say were closed to curb organizing. KCUR's George Russell reports that includes a Kansas City location. Two unions representing Starbucks workers filed a new complaint with the Labor Relations Board on Wednesday, bringing many separate complaints from last summer together into a single case. They claim Starbucks illegally closed 23 stores to curb union activity. This includes the Country Club Plaza location, which was shuttered last August while the shop was in the process of organizing. Starbucks claims this closure was due to safety concerns after an incident involving gunfire in the area. The complaint calls for the stores to be reopened and employees made whole for lost wages. A hearing in the case is scheduled for August 2024. We'll be back after this. It's Friday night. What places are you heading to for post-work happy hour? Tell us. This podcast is making a best of the best list and needs recommendation for happy hour menus at restaurants in KC. Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. 
This season, the Kansas City Chiefs could become the first NFL team to win two straight Super Bowls, since the New England Patriots did it in 2003 and 04. As Casey and the Pats prepare to face off this Sunday, Greg Eklund reports for KCUR on the little things that stand in the way of another championship. Chiefs fans like to remember 2018 as the season Patrick Mahomes became starting quarterback. That season's AFC Championship game between Kansas City and the juggernaut New England Patriots gave us an inkling that there was a changing of the guard to come. Tony Romo and Jim Nance described it on CBS. You can have a great plan, and guess what? That quarterback, someone, there's magic, and they can just make stuff Here happen. Here he goes to the end zone, and it's caught by Kelsey for a touchdown. Still, after a big defensive play that pushed things KC's way, Chiefs defensive end D. Ford became infamous. Flags out, ball's picked. Ball's intercepted. Offside. Defense number 55 lined up in the neutral zone. We got to be better. Um, me especially on that play, we just have to be better. As a result, the Patriots went to their third straight Super Bowl and the Chiefs stayed home. Michael McCambridge is known for his biography on Chiefs founder Lamar Hunt, and he wrote about the Pittsburgh Steelers' 1970s dynasty in a new book called The Big Time. He says in the modern NFL era, the competitive edge is more minute. If D. Ford doesn't jump offside, or if the Chiefs get at least a field goal at the end of the first half in the 2021 AFC Championship game, they will already have gone to five straight Super Bowls. That small degree of separation from their AFC rivals was illustrated perfectly in last Sunday's game against the Buffalo Bills. Again, here's Jim Nance. There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage as the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. That flag against wide receiver Kadarius Tony brought the touchdown back and Kansas City lost by three. Tony, who's in his first full season with the Chiefs, is part of a revamped receiving core that's gained a reputation for dropped passes. You can say that you want to keep everybody, but you're not always going to be able to keep keep everyone. NFL Network analyst Scott Pioli is familiar with that delicate balance of putting the right pieces around a franchise quarterback after several successful years in the Patriots' front office, he was the Chiefs' general manager from 2009 to 2012. There's this confluence of players wanting to cash in one more time or one, or for the first time that, that, are, that are leaving and going. The Chiefs have some key players on one-year contracts as they try to reach the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Most notable is defensive tackle Chris Jones, who turns 30 next year. Pioli recalls the Patriots' dilemma with Hall of Fame defensive lineman Richard Seymour. He was traded a month shy of turning 30. Unfortunately, we moved on from him because he ended up going to the Raiders, and he's the guy that knocked us out of the playoffs. In fact, less than three weeks after last season's Super Bowl celebrations, Chiefs general manager Brett Veach and his staff began to analyze their situation and assess new college prospects. Since that Super Bowl parade, it's been combine meetings, combine for agency, back to combine meetings, and uh, they've been really putting in the um, extra work up there. Complicating the path to future dynasties, author Michael McCambridge says today's formula for scheduling games also makes it more difficult to dominate. 
it's built for competitive balance. The teams that finish first draft last. The teams that finish first place in their division have tougher schedules the next year. All those things added up mean the Chiefs are now not only faced with the challenge of reaching another Super Bowl, their path to a one seed in the AFC playoffs, and an unprecedented sixth straight conference championship game at home has all of a sudden become rockier. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Greg Eklund. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the New England Patriots on Sunday at noon in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Communities in western Kansas are trying a new tool to attract economic growth and hopefully fight long-term trends of population loss. Kaylin Moore of the Kansas News Service reports the communities are using artificial intelligence to identify the businesses, services, and housing their residents need. Shandon Clausen sits in a corner booth of his coffee shop in downtown liberal Kansas. He opened it last year. It's the only locally owned coffee shop in town, but business has been difficult to maintain. In his free time, Clausen has developed an interest in technology, and he sees how businesses like his could benefit. So if, if AI could tell us about our demographics, if it could help us know what people want, that would be a huge help. That's why rural communities are starting to embrace AI. They want to find out what people in the area need, and when they leave town to visit businesses, find out what those businesses are. Just down the road in Liberal, Mario Laredo is the type of person communities are hoping to learn about. He says his family frequently travels over 50 miles to Garden City to shop. Yeah, so actually my parents, they own a restaurant here, and sometimes we have to go to Garden to like maybe Sam's Club because they have to buy a lot of stuff um, in bulk. Um, It's just stuff that you just can't find here. Lana Duvall is president of economic development for Finney County, home of Garden City. People like her have been trying to track out-of-town retail shoppers for years, but it hasn't been easy. They only have a small staff, and they'd have to physically look at license plates and shopping centers. Said, you know, yep, we counted 12 from New Mexico and 15 from Colorado or whatever the case may be. This is where AI comes in. Finney County is one of the several in western Kansas that purchased a tool called Placer AI. It tracks where people travel through anonymized cell phone data. That data helps them determine why people are coming to town or leaving town, where they're shopping, and what they need. Then they can use that data to determine what businesses they should try to attract. But AI doesn't just help with retail. Despite slowly declining populations, these towns have struggled to meet demands for enough affordable housing. Duval says the AI tool can now show them how many people have to drive from towns over to go to work. There's, there's value in the AI tool, though, because it helps us to prove a lot of the things that we've said, you know. Um, as we talk to people, for instance, um, on housing subdivisions, and they say, do people need the houses? You know, will they come live in the houses? Well, yes, and we, we can feel confident now. Being able to back up a town's need with numbers is helpful to see improvement. AI gives them a better representation of the population and their habits, which helps them when attracting businesses and related jobs and people. And it does that without adding costly staff that many communities cannot afford. I think AI levels the playing field for Western Kansas and, and rural America across the board, especially in economic development. That's Eli Swati, Director for Economic Development in Seward County, which has also purchased two years of Placer AI access for $17,000. But there are stumbling blocks. Some people push back against the community tracking them, even if it's anonymous data. To flip it into community and economic development then and try to use that to, for the improvement of the city, although it's scary. There have also been challenges using the Placer AI tool in rural areas. 
It's geared toward larger cities and reports usually have a maximum 25 mile radius. That's not enough for the long travel distances of rural Kansas. The communities using the tool were able to get that expanded. Even with the challenges, there's hope in the new AI tools. Back in Garden City, economic development official Lana Duval believes there's still a chance that small communities can be sustainable if tools like AI can help them determine what people need to stay there. And I think Southwest Kansas and Western Kansas in general, we have great opportunities to continue to grow. We, you know, we just have to tell our story. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Kaylin Moore in Liberal. The Kansas News Service is a KCUR-based collaboration including KMUW, Kansas Public Radio, and High Plains Public Radio. It reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Kaylin's story about rural AI or Greg's story about the Chiefs, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. If you want to support our show, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.